Welcome to the CX Impact Podcast. Speed up your customer experience success. The CX Impact Podcast is brought to you by Gemseek, your trusted analytics advisor, helping you predict what your customers will do next. Hello, everybody. I'm Momchu Boskov, host of the CX Impact Podcast and CX Champion at Gemseek. I hope you liked the previous episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you can find it on Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Today, we will jump into the shoes of a procurement manager who is working hard to develop and reinvent partnerships with CX vendors. We will discuss some topics such as how to select a CX vendor, what you should watch for, why you should always strive to achieve a win-win situation, how the ideal process looks like, how to boost the value while keeping costs reasonable or even decreasing the cost. I'm privileged to have as my guest Alexander De Groot, senior manager with over 23 years of experience in telecom and lighting. Alex has worked in finance, product management, pre-sales, procurement throughout his career, which has given him a holistic business view. Currently, his focus is in building long-lasting strategic partnerships with vendors to boost value and optimize total cost of ownership. He has customer-first approach and works closely with uh, head of CX, head of marketing, and beyond. Alex, thanks for being on the CX Impact podcast. Hi, I'm Chill. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this one. To begin with, can you tell me uh, more about why you decided to become a procurement manager? Yeah, um, my background is finance, as you mentioned, and uh, let's say, so that means financial analysis, consulting and so, but I felt that there was a missing thing, and let's say, let's call it the connection with people. So then via product management, I moved into pre-sales, but soon I realized I could also mean a lot if I would be in the procurement areas by setting up partnerships and and creating extra value. So for me, it's all about focusing on transition, digital transformation, change management with various partners. And then usually the outcome is double digit savings in total cost of ownership. Of course, a side effect is that there's far less vendors to maintain in contracts and purchase orders. Well, all that reduces, let's say, staff cost. Now, while we look from a procurement perspective, uh, I think, let's say, we, we need to look into the impact on cost levels internally and externally to reduce and mitigate risk. Uh, to see the benefits that is impacting our customer experience or the revenue, be compliant in certain areas, think about uh, branding, privacy, etc. A smoother workflow, impacting on workloads, ways of working with other departments. So usually there's a lot of things that impact based on such partnership, but it's complex. But once, and it takes a lot of time, it usually takes one to two years and usually more two than one to be honest, but it, it, the effort is worth it. And uh, I think, let's say, once you finish that thing, you can truly call it a win-win for, let's say, the vendor, the internal client, and the procurement team. So you create a win-win. And in this case, with our partnership with Jamsic, I think we can even talk about a home run. Yeah, absolutely. I really love what you said about being close to customer and that you miss this uh, within your role. We see that more and more professionals, no matter where they're in the organization, they really need to be closer to customers and they strive to create value. 
which uh, also proves that uh, customer experience goes uh, much beyond uh, what uh, traditionally we think about like uh, customer facing roles and uh, people really dealing day to day with uh, customers. Overall, your path seems challenging, but you managed to achieve very inspiring transformations by proving and increasing the value. Can you provide examples of kind of partnerships that you have built? Yep. So let's say things that I worked on was, uh, let's say, customer care, e-commerce, a couple of partnerships, creative agencies, media, translations, install personnel, and of course, net promoter score. Now, of course, that one, the last one will be discussed in depth. And uh, I would also like to mention that uh, recently, together with Jamsig, we participated in that uh, European Customer Centricity Awards. And uh, yeah, we went to the final. Yeah, absolutely. The awards were so competitive, interesting. In the same time, we managed to win two awards. Yeah, I think, let's say, it was cool. And, uh, you know, 120 parties uh, participated. So really rather challenging, at least from my point of view. And I think, uh, let's say, I was really proud. And, uh, you know, at the very beginning, I was thinking, aim high, go for two awards and let's see. But that we actually want to is, um, yeah, really cool. And I believe we achieved that by having a multidisciplinary team together with our partner, Jamseek. And I'm extremely proud on that because it's a multiple year program and it's really starting to pay off. It's a super recognition to get this from the industry for this category digital transformation and best measurement in customer experience. And it also helps to actually release the budgets internally get the recognition internally from board members. It helps to put the program at a different level. Let's say doors are getting open while they may have been closed in the past. So that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, it was a tremendous success. And uh, what we are always striving uh, for is really to achieve a real business impact uh, with our clients. And the fact that it got recognized by the industry, it's amazing, really. But now the expectations, I guess, are even higher, Alex, on the entire MPS program. So it's yeah, it's about time to also move to the next level and uh, always create new and new value. What you already mentioned at the beginning, what you're looking to get out of your partners. Can you tell us a bit more uh, background about the Signify MPS program and uh, why this transformation process got started? And uh, what was the starting point? Yeah, sure. I would like to start with, uh, let's say, our top management. Our CEO is a heavily focused uh, guy on customer centricity, which is great. And I think, let's say, he wants us to move in a certain direction on this part. But, you know, then at the same time, you have the question how to do this, right? So it's got to be in the veins of the company and its employees, not just top management. So this is, we want to drive behavior by having more actions, keeping track of it and having a clear root cause and assure that it's being solved. So we give feedback towards our clients and have the organization work on this. So let's say it's solved structurally instead of putting a bandage on it. So it should not be something uh, just done by the staff. And at the same time, while we trying to create that behavior, we want more insights, we want more surveys, we want more channels, more countries. 
and hey, I'm still procurement. I also want it cheaper, right? So I think this was a truly challenging project uh, to create the multiple win uh, here. I think straight from the start, we realized that we had to be pretty disruptive. So we went for a complete digital transformation and uh, you know, changing the way we are conducting our surveys, our databases, our reporting methods, how we create insights and implementing an action manager. And as a result, spending less time on operational stuff and moving more into strategizing. And of course, such a pro takes a lot of time and dedication and buy-in from upper management and uh, resources and time and buy-in from all relevant departments to make that win. Yeah? Because you need to discover your bottlenecks in an early stage. And, you know, I said it before, it takes a couple of years to actually get this done. Yeah? So let's say not in for a, a quick flip. And ultimately, and I'm really happy with that, is that we can show growth in our MPS over the last three quarters, steadily going up. Uh, we have formulated a lot of actions. So we see this is actually working. And I think we're just at the starting point of what this will bring us. So it's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks a lot for this interesting summary. You said a lot, and I just want to summarize the key points. First of all, it takes time, obviously. So you, you need to be prepared that it won't happen overnight, the change. You need always the C-suite and departments uh, buy-in. But also you must be disruptive and try to achieve bigger coverage and bigger impact uh, with the same cost or even lower cost, which is hard, but that's what you should aim for. Tell me a bit more about uh, the process of selecting the best partner for your customer MPS program. Yeah, I think it starts with having a multidisciplinary team. So either your demand comes to you as a procurement manager or you go to your demand and uh, whoever is first doesn't really matter. Make sure that you got IT on board, make sure that you got your quality teams on board. Procurement as mentioned, and uh, let's say the global satisfaction representatives. And then define with, uh, let's say, the head of customer satisfaction, define your North Star, define how to achieve those milestones and how that journey should look like, uh, especially at the very beginning. And I think, let's say, I like to give it advice that the team should look at, let's say, get the highest quality. And while we rank them, at the same time, I worry about, let's say, the finance part. And of course, the head of customer satisfaction is aware but not too much. Yeah? I want him to really go for quality. And then at the very end, we'll decide whether that, let's say, that extra push for quality is worth the difference compared to your number two. So let them go for the best and aim high. Yeah, I think that's it, Alonso. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sounds very interesting. As some of our uh, clients are really uh, small companies, I think it will be very helpful for them to outline which are the key steps within the procurement process, as they might not have a procurement manager or expert within their uh, own team, uh, but still want to build uh, a process and really select the right partner. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, you've got small companies, bigger companies, super big companies, and, uh, you know, top of the bill. And let's say, so the bigger the company gets, the more specialties you have in each area. Our company is pretty large. We have a lot of procurement colleagues, uh, but keep in mind, we also work in a company that is 30,000 people big in size. 
so there is complexity yes so we start with uh, sourcing sourcing is all about who can actually do this as a supplier and initially you talk about the supplier and then you realize this is a multi-year program so we don't usually then talk anymore about a vendor we talk about a partner but since we may not have done this before we also need a partner that is good in what i call hand holding yeah so while they have the expertise as vendor we may not be able to judge that very well which is a super challenge for let's say the head of customer satisfaction and um, procurement because what to look for right so we ask uh, parties to do some kind of a, yeah i call it a beauty contest and then people usually start to laugh but it's basically is about what does good look like yeah you know, i want the potential partner to tell me what they think is required in the industry in order to have a stunning cx yeah? i want them to tell me not me to tell them and then of course after that you know beauty contest where they will try to sell uh, their their mother or mother-in-law you know after all their sales i need to you know stick the needle in the balloon uh, to make sure that you know it's realistic and then we start negotiating and after that uh, let's say uh, it's about contracting making sure that we mitigate risk that we let's say we define intellectual property or let's say the things about law and and so on privacy and of course let's say schedules on what we can expect on pricing so we know what we will be paying for the whole program on a per year basis and then always what for me i consider to be the sad moment because i get and get i've been so heavily involved i then actually need to hand over to our internal demand yeah, so that they also understand the financial situation and uh, i help them with setting up the transition and the transformation and the change management but at a certain point in time i also have to step out because there's a next partnership to be uh, created but it's very interesting and let's say it's always good to have some kind of a blended handover. There's not, never such a thing as a clear cut. I've learned and I think it's good that you together with the team that will actually take over, create that blend so that it's gradually taken over. Sounds like a very well structured and clear process. So now going back to the beauties or let's, if we want to the handsome guys, how can you pick really the one who can uh, clean, cook, uh, take care of the children and at the same time be within a reasonable cost? Or in other words, uh, how really to, what to look for within your partner? Got it, got it. Yeah, I think uh, first of all, we create a bit of uh, various evaluation moments. And uh, let's say we, we usually do this numerical and let's say in pros and cons. The numerical is about creating the quick shift in understanding out of the, the, the team whether partner one or partner two is the better one or not in total based on the, some kind of a ranking but it's also about the highs and the lows of what people see to understand have i missed something that others did see keep me honest in the process that's what this is about then and uh, this is also about when people are describing the pros and cons it's also about what they find important and maybe that gives you new insights on i didn't realize that this was that important to them to have this kind of topic fixed 
or better. So we create a numerical and let's say this pro and con uh, evaluation, but of course it's not a black and white analysis. It gives direction. It is directional. And of course we can add some kind of a weighing factor in order to make it real complex, but that's the methodology. Now criteria, hey, this is CX, right? So it's all about customer focus. In one of the other partnerships that I worked on during such a beauty contest, I was sitting uh, somewhere in East Europe and um, they were all talking about, and this was in contact center world, they were talking about uh, chatbots and uh, automation, all nice, but never was the word mentioned customer focus. The word client did not appear until 45 minutes in the presentation. And I thought that was a deselection on its own. Of course, you know, that's by far number one. Then of course your reference clients, who do you already work with? It gives a few of the size of the company, the complexity, but at the same time, you also want some, a company that can, uh, is fit with size what I call, or a cultural fit. You know, we, we are a big company, a large company. So we need a company that can build around us instead of we build around them as a partner. And, you know, there needs to be a cultural fit in order to get things done. So when we are talking about that, we're basically also talking about the governance structure. You know, you need to have a project team that can seamlessly blend between the two companies that don't think in uh, walls and stovepipes. No, we're in this together and we'll fix it. And we need to have courageous discussion on management level if things don't work. And you need to have an open mindset and an open culture to speak up. And, you know, if you want to have that, you need to have, let's say, create that strategic view, the innovation roadmap, make sure your privacy is arranged, the data analytics, the digitalization. We also look for, of course, the capabilities to transform going from what we have today to what we want in the future. And then you should also think about your, the ability to manage the IT infrastructure. And of course, hey, still procurement, make sure pricing is fixed and uh, that it fits into budgets. So this is where there's a lot of internal stakeholder alignment. And I think at a certain point in time, this transformation is done. And we also need to make sure that our internal colleagues can work with this. So there needs to be some kind of a handover learning and development so that a certain portion can actually be done in-house and people can steer the program instead of, let's say, follow the program. And, you know, it's not that we want to take over what the partner has done. It's that we are able to manage it. I think, um, yeah, so so I would say that's it, Monsieur, uh, on this. Wow, this was super detailed and uh, very interesting. Sorry. No, no, it was... <laughs> You're talking to a perfume guy. No, it was great. I really love your example about the call center, that the great partners should tell upfront what they stand for, and what problems do they solve, and really focus at the beginning on the core thing, which at the end of the day is not technology. It's bringing customer centricity within the veins of the organization. As well as the, all the different elements that you mentioned, for example, about the cultural fit and that you should do business with organization that really fits uh, within your culture. All the other things were also super relevant, but these elements, I think this is something that we 
often neglect and overlook in these processes. And one uh, other thing about, of course, is pricing. So when it comes uh, to pricing, where is your focus? Good question. I think sales from uh, the partner will always look for, let's say that they will tell what they want to tell. So I let them, but I also try to, I don't want to define and uh, describe. I will always tell what I want, not how I want this. That's what I've learned in those partnerships. And then I also look at, let's say, hidden cost. In this case, we talk about, let's say, the hidden cost for customization of, of the tooling. It, the internal cost to manage the digital transformation. Yeah? And I think it, this is where usually the big companies, the leading companies, they will show tooling, they will show vision, but there usually is a lack of adjusting in the tooling or customization. But it does come with a premium tag and their ability to build around your company and be able to, you know, make the project fast with speed and agile. That's usually is a challenge. And then, of course, you want to combine that with a, a favorable price tag, a certain expertise. And, uh, you know, I think uh, this is where I really love Jamseek with the activities that they're doing, how they're doing this and, uh, you know, teaming. I think that's, uh, that's a key element here. It's a common understanding that procurement teams are just looking to optimize costs. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, of course, that's the expectation from management and uh, that's how certain people consider procurement. But I think this is a very uh, short-sighted, to be honest. I think this is where they have not worked with uh, true procurement guys instead of, let's say, just negotiating on price price. I think, let's say, when we're talking about a complex program partnership, you need to guide your internal demand because they have not done such programs before, uh, usually. Uh, so you need to help them in organizing the external sessions, how to evaluate. You need to be able to compare the pricing, which they find really hard. And you need to make sure that you negotiate, right? You know, that's what they typically know from procurement, but you also need to help them to conclude towards their stakeholders. So, Alex, why is it important to have procurement involved? Well, I, I guess you heard already uh, a lot uh, today, but uh, let me try to summarize. I think, uh, let's say, it's about uh, guiding internal demand. It's about uh, organizing the program with uh, external sessions with uh, vendors. It's about helping to evaluate. I think it uh, well, comes without saying with procurement, uh, compare prices like for like help to negotiate and uh, lead to the negotiate, actually help to conclude uh, uh, towards uh, senior stakeholders, usually country management or upper management. And then, uh, yeah, together with, with all kinds of steam, make sure that there is a, a proper contract with uh, which includes KPIs. And of course, it's the linking pin towards uh, legal, towards privacy, security, IT. And then, of course, with those teams, you think of what are the risks and how to mitigate these. So I think that's, uh, in, in a couple of uh, senses, uh, what this is about. Why we should involve uh, procurement when you make a deal. 
that's really a great summary of everything that we discussed today and why procurement really is super important for the process. Okay, and as currently the COVID cases are on the rise, uh, many countries hit really the highest numbers since the beginning of the crisis. So tell me, what did COVID-19 bring you besides trouble? Let's focus on the positive angle of the pandemic. Yeah, of course, let's say I feel, feel sorry for, uh, let's say, all the people in trouble and all the businesses in trouble. But um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, company-wise, we are going through this together. And I think, let's say, if I look at, uh, let's say, the relationship between Signify and, and Gemsic, this is about uh, both showing a clear commitment. We have been focusing uh, on the digital transformation. Uh, we had to slim down some of our volumes. We gained a lot of insights on our, our customer behavior and, and the customer journeys, especially during these challenging times. And these insights helped uh, our management tremendously on you know, the dynamics and how to react. So I think overall, yeah, from that perspective, uh, it brought us a lot in the given circumstances. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always great to also see the positive and try to make the most out of the current uh, hard situation. As we're coming to the end of the conversation, if you could give one advice to our audience, six leaders, what would this be? Yeah, I think this is about uh, defining your North Star, uh, about finding a partner that has a customer first approach that is willing to customize its solutions in order to reach that North Star. And I think it is the continuous drive to change within both organizations to make a success out of the story. I think that's it. That's really a great advice. I really like the uh, metaphor of the North Star. So hope that more companies will properly define it and follow your advice. Alex, thanks a lot for being uh, on the Impact podcast today. Yeah, I really appreciate it, uh, Momshel. Uh, and uh, let's say it also, for me, was a moment of uh, a look back on what we uh, were able to achieve together as two companies and, and, and do this together. And I really appreciate what, uh, what Jemsic has done for, for Signify. And uh, yeah, really <laughs> like the interview as well. So thanks a lot and uh, speak to you um, yeah, soon. Huh? Thank you. It was super interesting to have you on the Impact Podcast and we should definitely record uh, another one after winning uh, a new award. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. cool, cool. I'm pleased that I had as my guest today on the Six Impact Podcast, the Procurement Manager and Value Creator, Alexander de Groot. You can find Alex's contact details in the podcast uh, comments below. If you want to continue the conversation about anything you heard today or to learn how can GMC help you speed up your customer experience success, write us on the CX Impact at GMC.com. If you liked this episode, hit follow and visit GMC.com to learn more. Let's make an impact on the world of CX together. Thank you for listening.